Chapter 46 of Jerusalem to Revelations A Quartet of Spiritual Experience by William Blake and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. Translated by Courtney Langdon. Inferno One. Introduction to The Divine Comedy The Wood and the Mountain. When, halfway through the journey of our life, I found that I was in a gloomy wood, because the path which led aright was lost, and ah, how hard it is to say just what this wild and roughened stubborn woodland was, the very thought of which renews my fear. So bitter tis that death is little worse, but of the good to treat which there I found, I'll speak of what I else discovered there. I cannot well say how I entered it. So full of slumber was I at the moment when I forsook the pathway of the truth. But after I had reached a mountain's foot, where that veil ended which had pierced my heart with fear, I looked on high, and saw its shoulders, mantled already with that planet's rays, which leadeth one aright o'er every path. Then quieted a little was the fear, which in the lake depths of my heart had lasted throughout the night I passed so piteously. And even as he who from the deep emerged with sorely troubled breath upon the shore, turns round and gazes at the dangerous water even so my mind which still was fleeing on turned back to look again upon the pass which ne'er permitted any one to live when i had somewhat eased my weary body o'er the lone slope i so resumed my way that ere the lower was my steady foot then Lo, not far from where the ascent began, a leopard which, exceeding light and swift, was covered over with a spotted hide, and from my presence did not move away. Nay, rather, she so hindered my advance that more than once I turned me to go back. Some time had now from early morn elapsed, and with those very stars the sun was rising, that in his escort were, when love divine, in the beginning moved those beauteous things. I therefore had, as cause for hoping well, of that wild beast with gaily mottled skin, the hour of daytime, and the year's sweet season. But not so, that I should not fear the sight which next appeared before me of a lion. Against me, this one seemed to be advancing with head erect, and with such raging hunger that even the air seemed terrified thereby. And of a she-wolf, which with every lust seemed in her leanness laden, and had caused many ere now to lead unhappy lives. The latter so oppressed me with the fear that issued from her aspect 
that I lost the hope I had of winning to the top. And such as he is who is glad to game, and who, when times arrive that make him lose, weeps, and is saddened in his every thought, such did that peaceless animal make me, which gainst me coming pushed me step by step back to the place where silent is the sun. While toward the lowland I was falling fast, the sight of one was offered to mine eyes, who seemed through long-continued silence weak. When him in that vast wilderness I saw, Have pity on me, I cried out to him, Whate'er thou be, O shade, O very man. Not man, he answered, I was once a man, And both my parents were of Lombardy, And mansions with respect to fatherland. Neath Julius was I born, though somewhat late, and under good Augustus' rule I lived in Rome, in days of false and lying gods. I was a poet, and of that just man, Anchises' son, I sang, who came from Troy after proud Ilion had been consumed. But thou, to such sore trouble, why return? Why climbst thou not the mountain of delight, Which is of every joy the source and cause? Art thou that Virgil, then, that fountainhead, Which poureth forth so broad a stream of speech? I answered him with shame upon my brow. O oh, light and glory of the other poets, let the long study and the ardent love which made me con thy book avail me now. Thou art my teacher and authority. Thou only art the one from whom I took the lovely manner which hath done me honour. Behold the beast on whose account I turned. From her protect me, O thou famous sage, for she makes both my veins and pulses tremble. A different course from this must thou pursue, he answered, when he saw me shedding tears, if from this wilderness thou wouldst escape, for this wild beast on whose account thou criest, alloweth none to pass along her way, but hinders him so greatly that she kills, and is by nature so malign and guilty, that never doth she sate her greedy lust but after food is hungrier than before. Many are the animals with which she mates, and still more will there be, until the hound shall come and bring her to a painful death. He shall not feed on either land or wealth, but wisdom, love, and power shall be his food, and tween two feltros shall his birth take place. Of that Lo, Italy, he'll be the saviour, For which the maid Camilla died of wounds, With Turnus, Nisus, and Euryalus, And he shall drive her out of every town, Till he have put her back again in hell, From which the earliest envy sent her forth. I therefore think 
and judge it best for thee to follow me, and I shall be thy guide, and lead thee hence through an eternal place where thou shalt hear the shrieks of hopelessness of those tormented spirits of old times, each one of whom bewails the second death. Then those shalt thou behold who, though in fire, contented are, because they hope to come, whene'er it be, unto the blessed folk, to whom thereafter, if thou wouldst ascend, there'll be for that a worthier soul than I. With her at my departure I shall leave thee, because the emperor who rules up there, since I was not obedient to his law, wills none shall come into his town through me. He rules as emperor everywhere, and there as king. There is his town and lofty throne. Oh, happy he whom he thereto elects. And I to him, O poet, I beseech thee, even by the God it was not thine to know, so may I from this ill and worse escape. Conduct me thither where thou saidst just now, that I may see St. Peter's gate, and those whom thou describest as so whelmed with woe. He then moved on, and I behind him kept. Inferno 2 Introduction to The Inferno The Mission of Virgil Daylight was going, and the dusky air was now releasing from their weary toil all living things on earth, and I alone was making ready to sustain the war both of the road and of the sympathy which my unerring memory will relate. O oh, muses, O oh, high genius, help me now, O oh, memory, that wrotest what I saw, herewith shall thy nobility appear. I then began, Consider, poet, thou that guidest me, if strong my virtue be, or ere thou trust me to the arduous course, thou sayest that the sire of Silvio entered, when still corruptible the immortal world, and that while in his body he was there, hence that to him the opponent of all ill was courteous, considering the great result that was to come from him, both who and what, seems not unfitting to a thoughtful man, for he, of fostering Rome and of her sway in the Empyrean heaven, was chosen as sire, and both of these, if one would tell the truth, were foreordained unto the holy place where greatest Peter's follower hath his seat, while on this quest, for which thou givest him praise, he heard the things which of his victory the causes were, and of the papal robe, the chosen vessel went there afterward, to bring thence confirmation in the faith, through which one enters on salvation's path. But why should I go there, or who concedes it? I'm not Aeneas nor yet Paul am I, me worthy of this, nor I nor others deem. If, therefore, 
I consent to come, I fear lest foolish be my coming. Thou art wise, and canst much better judge than I can talk. And such as he, who unwills what he willed, and changes so his purpose through new thoughts, that what he had begun he wholly leaves. Such on that gloomy slope did I become, for as I thought it over, I gave up the enterprise so hastily commenced. If I have rightly understood thy words, replied the shade of that great-hearted man, thy soul is hurt by shameful cowardice, which many times so sorely hinders one, that from an honoured enterprise it turns him, as seeing falsely doth a shying beast. In order that thou rid thee of this fear, I'll tell thee why I came, and what I heard the first time I was grieved on thy account. Among the intermediate souls I was, when me a lady called, so beautiful and happy that I begged her to command. Her eyes were shining brighter than a star, when sweetly and softly she began to say, as with an angel's voice she spoke to me, O oh, courteous Mantuan spirit, thou whose fame is still enduring in the world above, and will endure as long as lasts the world, a friend of mine but not a friend of fortune, is on his journey o'er the lonely slope, obstructed so that he hath turned through fear, and from what I have heard of him in heaven, I fear lest he may now have strayed so far that I have risen too late to give him help. Bestir thee then, and with thy finished speech, and with whatever his escape may need, assist him so that I may be consoled. I, who now have thee go, am Beatrice. Thence come I, whither I would fain return. T'was love that moved me, love that makes me speak. When in the presence of my Lord again, often shall I commend thee unto him. Thereat, she ceased to speak, and I began. O oh, lady of virtue, thou through whom alone the human race excels all things contained within the heaven that hath the smallest circles, thy bidding pleases me so much that late I'd be, hadst thou already been obeyed, thou needst but to disclose to me thy will. But tell me why thou dost not mind descending into this centre from that ample place, whither thou art so eager to return. Since thou wouldst know thereof so inwardly, I'll tell thee briefly, she replied to me, why I am not afraid to enter here. Of those things only should one be afraid, that have the power of doing injury not of the rest, for they should not be feared. I, of his mercy, and so made by God, that me your wretchedness doth not affect, nor any flame of yonder fire molest. There is a gentle lady 
up in heaven, who grieves so at this check, whereto I send thee, that broken is stern judgment there above. She called Lucia in her prayer, and said, Now hath thy faithful servant need of thee, and I too recommend him to thy care. Lucia, hostile to all cruelty, set forth thereat, and came unto the place where I with ancient Rachel had my seat. Why, Beatrice, she said, true praise of God, dost thou not succour him, who loved thee so, that for thy sake he left the common herd? Dost thou not hear the anguish of his cry? Seest not the death that fights him on the flood, o'er which the sea availeth not to boast? Ne'er were there any in the world so swift to seek their profit and avoid their loss, as I, after such words as these were uttered, descended hither from my blessed seat, confiding in that noble speech of thine, which honours thee, and whosoe'er has heard it. Then, after she had spoken to me thus, weeping, she turned her shining eyes away, which made me hasten all the more to come, and even as she wished, I came to thee, and led thee from the presence of the beast, which robbed thee of the fair mount's short approach. What is it, then? Why, why dost thou hold back? Why dost thou lodge such baseness in thy heart? And wherefore free and daring art thou not, since three so blessed ladies care for thee within the court of heaven, and my words, too, give thee the promise of so much that's good? As little flowers by the chill of night, bowed down and closed, when brightened by the sun, stand all erect and open on their stems, so likewise with my wearied strength did I, and such good daring caused into my heart, that I began as one who had been freed. Oh, piteous she, who hastened to my help, and courteous thou, that didst at once obey the words of truth that she addressed to thee, thou hast with such desire disposed my heart toward going on, by reason of thy words, that to my first intention I've returned. Go on now, since we two have but one will, thou, leader, and thou, lord, and teacher thou. I thus addressed him, then, when he had moved, I entered on the wild and arduous course. Inferno 3 The Gate and Vestibule of Hell Cowards and Neutrals Acheron Through me one goes into the town of woe, Through me one goes into eternal pain, Through me among the people that are lost. Justice inspired my high-exalted Maker, I was created by the might divine, the highest wisdom, and the primal love. Before me thou wast not created, save eternal things, and I 
eternal last. All hope abandon, ye that enter here. These words of gloomy colour I beheld inscribed upon the summit of a gate, whence I... Their meaning, teacher, troubles me. And he to me, like one aware, replied, All fearfulness must here be left behind, All forms of cowardice must here be dead. We've reached the place where, as I said to thee, thou see the sad folk who have lost the good, which is the object of the intellect. Then, after he had placed his hand in mine, with cheerful face, whence I was comforted, he led me in among the hidden things. There sighs and wails and piercing cries of woe reverberated through the starless air. Hence I at first shed tears of sympathy. Strange languages and frightful forms of speech, words caused by pain, accents of anger, voices both loud and faint, and smiting hands withal, a mighty tumult made which sweeps around for ever in that timelessly dark air, as sand is wont whene'er a whirlwind blows. And I, whose head was girt about with horror, said, Teacher, what is this I hear? What folk is this that seems so overwhelmed with woe? And he to me, This wretched kind of life the miserable spirits lead of those who live with neither infamy nor praise. Commingled are they with that worthless choir of angels who did not rebel, nor yet were true to God, but sided with themselves. The heavens, in order not to be less fair, expelled them, nor doth neither hell receive them. The heavens, in order not to be less fair, expelled them nor doth nether hell receive them, because the bad would get some glory thence. And I, what is it, teacher, grieves them so, it causes them so loudly to lament? I'll tell thee very briefly, he replied, these have no hope of death, and so low down is this unseeing life of theirs that envious they are of every other destiny. The world allows no fame of them to live. Mercy and justice hold them in contempt. The world allows no fame of them to live. Mercy and justice hold them in contempt. Let us not talk of them but look and pass. And I, who gazed intently, saw a flag which, whirling, moved so swiftly that to me contemptuous it appeared of all repose, and after it there came so long a line of people that I never would have thought that death so great a number had undone. When some I'd recognised, I saw and knew the shade of him who through his cowardice 
the great refusal made. I understood immediately, and was assured that this the band of cowards was, who both to God displeasing are, and to his enemies. These wretched souls, who never were alive, were naked, and were sorely spurred to action by means of wasps and hornets that were there. The latter streaked their faces with their blood, which, after it had mingled with their tears, was at their feet sucked up by loathsome worm. When I had given myself to peering further, people I saw upon a great stream's bank, I therefore said, Now, teacher, grant to me that I may know who these are, and what law makes them appear so eager to cross over, as, in this dim light, I perceive they are. And he to me, Their things will be made clear to thee, as soon as on the dismal strand of Acheron we shall have stayed our steps. Thereat, with shame suffused and downcast eyes, and fearing lest my talking might annoy him, up to the river I abstained from speech. Behold then, coming toward us in a boat, an aged man, all white with ancient hair, who shouted, Woe to you, ye souls depraved, give up all hope of ever seeing heaven. I come to take you to the other shore, into eternal darkness, heat and cold. And thou, that yonder art a living soul, withdraw thee from these fellows that are dead. But when he saw that I did not withdraw, he said, By other roads and other ferries shalt thou attain a shore to pass across, not here. A lighter boat must carry thee. To him, my leader, Sharon, be not vexed. Thus is it yonder world, where there is power to do what e'er is willed, so ask no more. Thereat were quieted the woolly cheeks of that old boatman of the murky swamp, who round about his eyes had wheels of flame. Those spirits, though, who nude and weary were, their colour changed and gnashed their teeth together as soon as they had heard the cruel words. They kept blaspheming God and their own parent, the human species, and the place and time and seed of their conception and their birth. Then each and all of them drew on together, weeping aloud to that accursed shore which waits for every man that fears not God. Sharon, the demon, with his ember eyes, makes beckoning signs to them, collects them all, and with his awe beats whoso takes his ease. Even as in autumn leaves detach themselves, now one and now another, till their branch sees all its stripped-off clothing on the ground, so one by one the evil seed of Adam cast themselves down that river bank at signals, as doth a bird to its recalling lure. Thus o'er the dusky waves they wend their way, and ere they land upon the other side, 
another crowd collects again on this. My son, the courteous teacher said to me, all those that perish in the wrath of God from every country come together here, and eager are to pass across the stream, because justice divine so spurs them on, that what was fear is turned into desire. A good soul never goes across from hence. If Sharon therefore findeth fault with thee, well canst thou now know what his words imply. The darkling plain, when this was ended, quaked so greatly that the memory of my terror bathes me even now with sweat. The tear-stained ground gave forth a wind whence flashed vermilion light, which in me overcame all consciousness, and down I fell like one whom sleep o'ertake. Inferno 4 The First Circle The Borderland Unbaptized Worthies Illustrious Pagans A heavy thunderclap broke the deep sleep within my head, so that I roused myself, as would a person who is waked by force, and, standing up erect, my arrested eyes I moved around and with a steady gaze I looked about to know where I might be. Truth is, I found myself upon the verge of pain's abysmal valley, which collects the thunder-roll of everlasting woes. So dark it was, so deep and full of mist, that howsoe'er I gazed into its depths, nothing at all did I discern therein. Into this blind world let us now descend, the poet, who was death-like pale, began, I will be first, and thou shalt second be. And I, who of his colour was aware, said, How am I to come, if thou take fright, what won't to be my comfort when afraid? The anguish of the people here below, he said to me, brings out upon my face the sympathy which thou dost take for fear. Since our long journey drives us, let us go. Thus he set forth, and thus he had me enter the first of circles girding the abyss. Therein, as far as one could judge by listening, there was no lamentation, saving sighs, which caused a trembling in the eternal air. And this came from the grief devoid of torture, felt by the throngs which many were and great, of infants, and of women, and of men. To me, then, my good teacher, dost not ask what spirits these are whom thou seest here. Now I would have thee know, ere thou go further, that these sinned not, and though they merits have, it is not enough for they did not have baptism, the gateway of the creed believed by thee. And if before Christianity they lived, they did not with due worship honour God. And one of such as these am I myself. For such defects, and for no other guilt, were lost, and only hurt to this extent, that in desire we live deprived of hope. 
Great sorrow filled my heart on hearing this, because I knew of people of great worth who in that borderland suspended were. Tell me, my teacher, tell me, thou my lord, I then began, though wishing to be sure about the faith which conquers every error. Came any ever by his own deserts, or by another's hence, who then was blessed? And he, who understood my covert speech, replied, To this condition I was come, but newly, when I saw a mighty one come here, crowned with the sign of victory. From hence he drew the earliest parent shade, and that of his son Abel, that of Noah, and Moses the lawgiver and obedient, Abraham the patriarch, and David king, Israel, with both his father and his sons, and Rachel too, for whom he did so much, and many others, and he made them blessed. And I would have thee know that, earlier than these, there were no human spirit saved. Because he talked, we ceased not moving on, but all the while were passing through the wood, the wood, I mean, of thickly crowded shades. Nor far this side of where I fell asleep had we yet gone, when I beheld a fire which overcame a hemisphere of gloom. Somewhat away from it we were as yet, but not so far, but I could dimly see that Honourable people held that place. O oh, thou that honourest both art and science, Who are these people that such honour have, That it divides them from the other's life? And he to me, The honourable fame which speaks of them In thy live world above, In heaven wins grace, Which thus advances them, and hereupon a voice was heard by me. Do honour to the loftiest of poets, his shade which had departed now returns. And when the voice had ceased and was at rest, four mighty shades I saw approaching us, their looks were neither sorrowful nor glad. My kindly teacher then began to say, Look at the one, who comes with sword in hand before the three, as if their lord he were. Homer he is, the sovereign poet, Horace the satirist, the one that cometh next, the third is Ovid, Lucan is the last. Since each of them in common shares with me the title which the voice of one proclaimed, they do me honour, and therein do well. Thus gathered, I beheld the fair assembly Of those, the masters of the loftiest song, Which soareth like an eagle or the rest. Then, having talked among themselves a while, They turned around to me with signs of greeting, And, when he noticed this, my teacher smiled, And even greater honour still they did me, For, one of their own company they made me, so that amid such wisdom I was sixth. Thus on we went, as far as to the light, 
talking of things whereof is silence here becoming, even as speech was, where we spoke. We reached a noble castle's foot, seven times encircled by high walls, and all around defended by a lovely little stream. This last we crossed, as if dry land it were, through seven gates, with these sages I went in, and to a meadow of fresh grass we came. There people were, with slow and serious eyes, and in their looks of great authority, they spoke but seldom, and with gentle voice. We, therefore, to one side of it drew back into an open place so luminous and high that each and all could be perceived. There, on the green enamel opposite, was shown to me the spirits of the great, foreseeing whom high glory in myself. I saw Electra with companions many, of whom I knew both Hector and Aeneas, and Caesar armed with shining falcon eyes. I saw Camilla with Penthesilea upon the other side, and King Latinus, who with Lavinia his own daughter sat. I saw that Brutus who drove Tarquin out, Lucretia, Julia, Marcia, and Cornelia, and all alone I saw the Saladin. Then, having raised my brows a little higher, the teacher I beheld of those that know, seated amid a philosophic group, they all look up to him, all honour him. There Socrates and Plato I beheld, who, nearer than the rest, are at his side. Democritus, who thinks the world chance-born, Diogenes, Anaxagoras, Anthales, Empedocles, Heraclitus, and Zeno. Of qualities I saw the good collector, Dioscorides, I mean, Orpheus I saw, Tully and Livy, and Moral Seneca, Euclid, the geometer, and Ptolemy, Hippocrates, Avicenna, Galen, Averroes, who made the famous comment. I cannot speak of all of them in full, because my long theme drives me on so fast that off my words fall short of what I did. The six-fold band now dwindles down to two. My wise guide leads me by a different path, out of the calm, into the trembling air, and to a place I come where naught gives light. End of chapter 46